W.E. Crew, Dan O'Mac, Big Kaz, Jaybird, and your host, Brokowski. What up, 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 Man, it's so good to say that once again. It has been a minute since I've been able to say that. I'm glad to be back. I hope all you guys are ready to listen to me ramble on because I got a whole bunch to talk about. Because, damn, what a great weekend of wrestling we just had. I miss SummerSlammers in town, XI, IC, Dub, GC, Dub, Flophouse. It was crazy, but that was just the start of the party of August because this week the party's continuing. As Unsanctioned Pro is going to be presenting Counterfeit on Friday, and our favorite baby is coming home. First time this year, second time this year since January for the first ever annual Deathmatch Tournament. Our pre W, King of the Kill. Kill, kill, kill. I really wish we had an echo button because that would have sounded really cool for King of the Kill. <laughs> But we have the man himself, Chris Kohlenberg, the honorary member of PWE, the man of RPW himself, the man that brings us joy every month. <clears throat> Chris, how are you doing, my man? I am doing well. Uh, I've had quite a day. Definitely ramping I, up and getting ready for this weekend. I bet. I bet you got your hands full with a lot of shit going on. So I know you enjoyed this past weekend, too. <clears throat> I could yeah, have I seen you at a couple of shows, which we'll get into that later on. But we want to talk about, you know, starting off with this Friday, we have uh, Unsection Pro is going to be in town to kick off this uh, deathmatch weekend we're having here. And maybe they're going to have we're going to have vendors, camping, drinks, BYOB if you want. It's going to be one hell of a party. So with the vendors, Chris, what are we looking at for food wise? Uh, so, uh, no worries on food this time around because they are going to do food 24 seven all the way through Sunday. So if you get hungry at four in the morning and there will be hot food ready to go, uh, Lane's pizzeria, uh, to maybe is handling it, but they are not only not, they're not just doing pizza. There's going to be burgers and sandwiches and dogs, breakfast burritos in the morning. Uh, when we do our midnight marathon, uh, they're going to donate a bunch of popcorn and snacks. Uh, like it's going to be a full, full menu. Dude, that's going to be awesome. And all this is still going to be available through Saturday as well, too. Yes. Uh, I mean, everything is set to fans should expect if they're coming for the full weekend. And I highly suggest you do. I would be there and ready to go by 6 p.m. on Friday because seven, four or seven, four, oh, uh, as announced as of today are uh, sponsoring a tailgate where they're showing up with 200 plus beers and snacks that are all free. So you can come help yourself to a beer, meet some people, get ready to go for counterfeit going in and then have your mind right for counterfeit. And you don't have to drive anywhere. You can camp out the whole weekend. We have activities from morning, noon and night 
all the way till uh, uh, King of the Kill is over. Uh, well, actually, we're, there's still going to be stuff after King of the Kill, uh, but Sunday you can wake up, sober up, and take off and be safe. Dude, that sounds fantastic. And like you just said, some 4-0 is having that tailgate party from 6 until I think it was either everything runs out or till bell time at 8 when counterfeit will start. And then after counterfeit, we're going to have a uh, smoke sh- uh, post, post-show post smoke out with uh, Bobo right before we get into the um, midnight movie marathon. So and Bobo... I- um- I just saw him today. Uh, that's who I was with right before we were where I started recording this. Um, he is rolling up an ounce of joints, um, and they will be passed all around the fire. And then, if uh, you need anything beyond that, there'll be ones ready to go that you could purchase for a very nominal fee. And then, then that leads into the midnight movie marathon that is uh, sponsored by and curated by Severn Films. And that's the mask mutilator, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's going to be showing that's, that night. That's our main movie. Uh, we're okay. going to have movies from midnight to sunup. We're going to project them on the side of the building um, and have snacks and all that. Um, but that's going to be our main movie because this is the first time it's been publicly screened. It was made by wrestlers and starring wrestlers from the 90s. And it's a lost splatter flick that just got picked up. And uh, re-released just this year. Like it's never been before seen. It's never been uh, released before. This is its first public screening. Then after that, um, the nice people at Severn Films sent me a huge box of movies and stickers and uh, one sheets, all kinds of things. So we're gonna we're gonna pick movies out from that to watch. And then the rest of the movies we're doing trivia for, raffling off, giving away. Like if you come to the movie marathon, you're gonna leave with brand new sealed. Severin Blu-rays, <laughs> if not one-of-a-kind artwork they've sent over, some stickers or whatnot. It's going to be a real fun time. Oh, that sounds like a blast. I know I get my hands, I get pretty lucky into that stuff, so I'm definitely down for some games while we're getting some slasher fix going down mm-hmm. <clears throat> and raffles. But leading going on until, like you said, it's going all night. So then into Saturday, we're going to be heading into uh, RPW's King of the Kill. But before that, is there going to be anything going on before the music starts rolling in at one o'clock? Absolutely. Um, the fuckery fairy Indrid, who builds all our weapons personally, who is in charge of our weapons build, is going to do a weapons workshop. Uh, uh, he will teach you how to properly build weapons, um, what to bring to shows, what not to bring to shows, what to buy, all that, so you can be prepared for a show and then get your hands dirty and make some stuff that you'll see get used later on by your favorite wrestlers. Oh, I definitely, I highly suggest waking up camping, waking up or driving there and getting there early for the deathmatch workshop. Cause those things always come out cool. And all the questions that you always have, what kind of tubes, what kind of barbed wire, so on and so forth. You'll get all of them answered that day at that. So that's awesome. Now, going into 1 o'clock, like I said, there's going to be uh, four live bands that will be playing, correct? Five now. Mm. Oh, shit. We added a ah, surprise. Hell yeah. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll spill the beans right here on the cast. Ooh, mm. spill the beans. So, My it'll beans. be their last show ever, which makes me very sad because when I was starting this thing out, they were supposed to be our house band. And the whole concept was they were going to play every um, uh, intermission or, like, cleanup. Uh, out of Toledo, we have a 
punk band called Bladder Smasher. They all dress like luchadors. They play street punk, and it's all about wrestling. Every single song is about wrestling. It's very perfect for this. It's very fun. Uh, uh, very easy to get into. Very infectious sing-alongs and all that fun stuff. After that, we're going to go into um, a band called Humid, which uh, is also out of Toledo. I saw recently, and they impressed me very much. Uh, they do mathy hardcore, like kind of like Dillinger Escape Plan or Botch. After that, we're going into Backbiter. Um, also, well, they're kind of from all over the place, but based out of Toledo mostly. Um, they play like really breakdown heavy slam core. Um, the surprise. Uh, there's a touring band out of Toledo called Mutilatred, who is very huge. Um, we did not get Mutilatred. We tried. Some of their members were on tour. Uh, we got their side project, Reptile, which is a two-piece uh, grind band. It'll be their second live show ever. And then we're going to cap it off with Elbow Deep uh, from Chicago. This is their only live show of the year. Uh, they do things similar to Eat the Turnbuckle, where they're going to be stapling dollars onto themselves and hitting each other with tubes and getting super bloody and violent before the show. Hopefully that gets everybody amped up and ready to go. And then we go right into the tournament. Those are the guys that were, that was the band that was basically cutting the promos on each other, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Cause they hate okay. each other and they're going to fuck each other up while they play music. Dude, that is so cool. Like that's the one thing I'm saying to say is I've slept on is learning and finding out new music right now. Like that's one thing I can say I, I've said to say I've, I've slept on and really haven't kept up with. So I'm excited to hear some new tunes this weekend. Now, is I that will... going to lead us directly into King of the Kill? Uh, they'll probably be like a little interlude, just you know, like like maybe like a half hour, hour before we go live, just so we can make sure that all our production stuff's ready to go and they're getting good sound quality checks and all that. But I mean, it's going to be like pretty much button up to, but there'll also be vendors there selling their wares and fun stuff and, you know, all kinds of other stuff. I mean, there's going to be stuff to do. Um, I mean, even, even just like fun little things like there's horseshoe pits back there and all kinds of crap. Um, it, there's not going to be a boring moment through the entire weekend. We want this to be a full on party vibe and that's what we've really tried hard to cultivate for this thing. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. So it sounds like we're going to get a little bit of blood action before we get into the real bloody stuff when King of the Kill starts. Yes. I, I like that. That sounds pretty awesome. But, I mean, the main event, the main attraction, I'm, I was so excited when this got announced because I've been dying for you guys to come back. Like I said, RPW is our favorite. We love seeing you guys all over the place. I'm at Jersey, all over Illinois. You guys just announced you're going back. I mean, I'm selfish, though. I want you with me, my man. <laughs> but to bring your first annual deathmatch tournament to Michigan is fucking awesome. I will say we will be back before the end of the year. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love hearing that. I just but can't drop the get... date or place yet. Let, uh, no, we don't. I was just going to say, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves now. <laughs> but this will be a very unique show, the likes of which you've never seen us do before. And it will be oh, local here. Dude, I love it. I love that. I love it. So let's get right into it, man. King of the Kill, the first annual deathmatch tournament. I want to start off with the first match that I I think it might have even been the first one you guys announced, too. I could be wrong on that. But Joel Bateman versus Schlag. 
holy shit. I mean, when Bateman came on, I think it was last year, he said he wanted to fight Shellac. And here we are a year later, and RPW is the one to make it happen. Uh, you know, those guys have been like kind of tap dancing around each other. They have been on the same shows a couple times. And, you know, there was that thing where, you know, he was supposed to be down there at uh, uh, in Australia at some point, and that felt through, you know. And it's one of those things where, you know, both of these guys really want it. And mm-hmm. it's been, you know, because of logistics where they live and all that, it's been impossible to make happen up to this point and i really wanted to make it happen i'm curious on what's gonna happen i mean those two are both fucking maniacs you know i mean i think one of the things we did well when we bracketed all this up was really comparing people who have very similar skill sets but in a different way that makes sense and i think joel and uh uh, schlack are a good example of that you know Oh, yeah, without a doubt. This is a, like, I hope this match isn't first on the card because it's possibly going to destroy the ring. Every surroundings, like, they, this might turn into a no ring deathmatch tournament before this match is over. I'm fucking stoked for it. It's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, another person I'm really excited for, I've never been able to see live, but um, I believe he's making his debut also for RPW from Mexico. Crazy King's coming in, taking on Dr. Redacted in the first round match up there. Yeah. So, uh, that's as, as a, you know, Joel is coming from Australia. That's an Australian talent. We have uh crazy King from Mexico. You know, we really wanted to make this kind of an international affair too. Cause there is somebody else from out of the country on this thing as well. But, um, crazy King, I mean, you know, in Mexico, he, he's part of, uh, you know, uh, medio extremos and, um, uh, Cyclopes uh team down there you know I mean he is not something to be slept on he is very very tough and very good in the ring and he's been impressing the shit out of me lately so one of the things I wanted to do was bring in a, a lot of our staples the guys who've really been putting the blood sweat and tears into this thing but then also um throw people in the mix that I really want to work with and see if they can hang with what we got you know Oh, definitely. I love that, too. You guys are always bringing in talent from outside of uh, the U.S. and from outside of the state of Michigan. And um, who is the other person that is going to be there? Is that um, going to be Judge Joe Dredd? Is he the other person from out of this country coming in? No, uh, Shadow WX from Japan will be there. Oh, duh. Now I think about it. Of course. I should have known that one. <laughs> A legend, sir. A legend. Yes. We'll get into uh, that no, in a no, second. Joe Dredd's out of, out of California. Okay, okay, West Coast. Because I thought that I seen I seen something about him today when I was scrolling through, and he's uh taking on Hoodfoot, our our boy Hoodfoot, man. Talk about having one hell of a year right now. Hoodfoot has been on a run. And yeah, Judge Joe Dredd is somebody I really haven't encountered too much of, so I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table. Uh, that's the point with uh. Joe is I'm a little more familiar than maybe a lot of people are. I've seen a lot of the stuff he's been doing because Crimson Crown doesn't really film their uh, their shows and that's his home promotion. But I have been sent a lot of footage from that. Um, there is uh, somebody that has put him on a couple shows around here and like kind of brawl, like bar brawl capacities. And I got to actually see him in person that way. Uh, between that, um, 
The man on a microphone is a monster. His entering is a monster. I see a lot in him. And I think one of the things I've always been able to do is like give people an opportunity like when they just need to get out there and they're going to pop. And then a lot of these guys really have gone on and done some stuff. And I, I really do see that in him and what better way than someone like Mo, who even a couple of years ago, as far as the circus, uh, the first circus we did at ICW, you know, he was relatively, you know, unknown. And now he is a American deathmatch champion, you know, like what better way to, to, test your metal than in the place that Moke you did some of his earliest work, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. It's it's definitely gonna be a very interesting matchup to see. <clears throat> did we lose Josh? I think it looked like we lost Josh. And of course, Hoodfoot is sponsored by your boys at Pro Wrestling Edge. And not to toot our horn and our ability to, to pick the best, but we also sponsored the team that won the last RPW tournament, Midwest Scum, the tag team champions. We we know who uh, who can get the job done, so we're proudly sponsoring our boy Hoodfoot in this one. Um, until Josh, Josh, whenever Brokowski gets back here, are you, no, he's not back yet. So, does he? Connecting to audio or trying to. Yeah, he's connecting to audio. So I'll jump in here. Remington Roar, who has been on this hot streak upward trajectory. You have him going against another guy who is on the rise that is known for being one of the staples of Michigan wrestling. Tommy Vendeva, the lovable psychopath. How did you know, this uh... come about? You know, uh, Tommy has literally been here since our very first show. He has wrestled for me since we started. And I don't take that lightly because, you know, it is hard to, you know, maybe take that chance on somebody, you know, and, and not knowing what their promotion's going to be or what they're going to, you know, going to provide or if there's going to be a proper ring or, you know, any of that stuff. Uh, it, it means a lot to me. And, you know, he also had his first death match here. Um, he uh yeah um he is somebody that has been really rpw since day one and then you have remington roar who has been really rising up the ranks really fast and these guys have similar size they have similar body types i mean they're they're both could do power moves but they're very fast and agile you know um and it's never happened before. So I kind of was just like, I'd like to see what sucks is, you know, I I'd like to see any of these guys get a chance to go to the end. And one of these guys is always going to have to go out round one, but at the same token, I want to see what happens, you know? And I think that's what makes for a good tournament as well. We were talking before we started recording how the way you set this up is anyone in any of these matches if you sat down and talked about and debated it, any of these eight guys could easily become the king of the kill. It's not yes. one of those things where it's like, oh, well, it's definitely going to be this guy and nobody's surprised. There is a legitimate argument for all eight of these guys to come out to be the inaugural uh, king of the kill. 
And the fact that you've got the first round set, brackets haven't been announced. So there's no way of saying, well, we know if this person wins, they're going to face this person second round. The idea of the unknown and the mystery is a RPW staple in the way they like to do things, yes. not telling us how things can unfold in a tournament or how things are going to unfold makes it that much more intriguing, makes it that much more exciting. I've always been known to hold my cards pretty close to the chest. Uh, even with what I have planned, like my crew doesn't even know I have planned for any of the show. I mean, they, they know what I've been collecting. They've seen the gimmicks coming in, you know, they see the brackets and the graphics when they come in and stuff, but like even them, they all, they all have their own theories. One of the things is, is I think, Giving too much up at for up at front, you know, kind of just ruins the mystique of it. And I could do the brackets. I could also give away what the stipulations are. But I want you to come and just see. And I think that way it'll be a lot more fun and interesting to people. I think, I think the draw is already there. A lot of people are coming from all over to check this thing out. And if you don't, it's like if you take somebody out to a nice meal, but you don't tell them what's on the menu besides the appetizers, and they're like, wow, that looks really good. And then you start banging them out some really good food, they're even more impressed instead of expecting that steak dinner or, you know, that nice piece of salmon or whatever, you know? So there's no way we can really predict or say who we think is going to go on or what. Because, like I said, there's arguments for Ali. You also have two matches on the card that are outside of the deathmatch tournament. Um, Schwartzy returns. It's his first kamikaze tile defense within RPW. Yes. He goes his against defense. he his first defense in RPW. He's defended it outside of the promotion, which I yes. think is a great thing that you have made this title and that be part of it, that it can be defended outside of the promotion. Um, he's going up against Herzog, who who has been at RPW. I, I believe this will be his fourth match, third or I fourth believe, match at RPW. I believe it's his third. Okay. Um, he's unpredictable. We know what Schwartzy can bring. He is the ultimate Swiss Army. He can do death match. He can do everything. A technical match. He can give us anything. But I think... The look we saw in his eye last week at Flophouse, this Schwartz is going to be a little bit more determined, and this Schwartz is going to be a little bit more to come into RPW and defend his title and not give Herzog a chance to take that from him. What was your thoughts putting these two guys together? Well, what I've seen uh, uh, from Schwartzy lately is not only, you know, I mean, he is like, you know, like you said, a Swiss Army knife. He's a bag of tricks. But now he has kind of a mean streak going on. I don't know if you guys notice that. Like, he's still doing his lighthearted fun, but like, there's a little bit of like a heated darkness going on uh, behind him, and a little more of a bit of violence than I maybe he used to have. Um, I have put him against a lot of, you know, your your top guys, your Jake Chris, and you know, I mean, all these guys. I have never put him against somebody that's as wholeheartedly unpredictable and whose style is so strange than Herzog. So what better way to test him than to like really give him something that he might not even know how to study for, you know? 
because I'm not sure there's a lot of technique to Herzog besides more madness, you know? It's going to be an interesting And then, of course, the RPW tag team titles will be defended as our boys, Midwest Scum, the Dread King Logan and Zach Thomas, defend those titles against Hardcore 69, which is Madman Pondo and the legend you have coming in from Japan. Tell us about Hardcore 69 and and, and how these guys have decided to come together and, and do this Hardcore 69 team. Uh, you know, I believe it comes back to, um, you know, Pondo spent a lot of time in Japan. And Shadow WX was one of Onita's guys. Um, and they had spent a lot of time wrestling each other, but wrestling other people. And they, they had a lot of respect for each other. Um, there's a solid real friendship there and there's a cohesion. Um, Shadow really wanted to come back to the U.S. It's been a very long time since Shadow has been in the U.S. He's here for a very small window. And I'm having a problem with Midwest scum. They keep putting down everyone I bring to them. Who do I bring? So I brought two legends, two undeniable legends in this sport. And if anyone could put them down, it's these guys. So I'm really interested to see what goes down there. I know Shadow likes to bring fire into the mix. You know, Pondo's got his saw bats and all that. And then Scum, I mean, every time you see him, they just mesh more and more to their just the most cohesive unit, I think, out of Michigan when it comes to tag team wrestling. So I, I, I really don't know how this is going to go. I mean, and the styles are so drastically different, you know. So th- this is one of those ones where on paper, I can kind of see how things are going to go with certain matches. This one, I'm just like, I have no idea how this thing is going to fucking go. Yeah, when you put this together, that's what me and Big Kaz was talking about. This one is going to be the the one that's probably the most unknown of, of how this is going to turn out. You know, like you said, Midwest Scum is the best tag team in Michigan, and you brought them the best in Hardcore 69, the legends to come in and um, see what Midwest Scum can do when they get in the ring of two legends. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I'm not sure that, that uh, uh, they've ever taken on anyone with that Japanese style before either of them, you know, uh, that that's a very different style of training. It's a very different move set. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be something maybe that they're not ready for. Who knows? We are so excited for the King of the Kill Deathmatch Tournament, the Kamikaze Championship match, and the Tag Team match. Um, Is there anything else you want to include or let our listeners know about this weekend? Yeah. um, One of the things people have asked about is like, you know, like, uh, I want to come, but I don't really know anybody or, you know, that kind of thing. When you come to one of our shows, you don't have to know anybody. You're going to leave with 30 friends. Um, if you want to come hang out the whole weekend, have a good time. You know, you're interested in it, but you, there's no one wants to come with you. Just come. I promise you, you'll have a good time. I've invited friends of mine that were not even in the wrestling community that I've grown up with that think what I do is nuts. And they have come to shows and 
they have like left with like real friendships. But not only that, um, there's going to be so much fun stuff going on aside from the wrestling. What we wanted to do is like more of just an entire like experience, you know, like where you go and it's, there's just a sensory overload of all these different things you like going on. And that's what we hoped we had here. Um, we like, you know, the unsanctioned pros card is very strong. They have a lot of people on that. We do not have on our show that are great, great names like Shane Mercer and Josh Crane, you know, like a lot of good names. Uh, and uh, if you go, if you are interested for the weekend, we do have discounted tickets. That's a uh, weekend pass through our Eventbrite. So go to kingofthekill.eventbrite.com. Go down to that weekend pass spot, and you'll see it's it's fifty bucks for the whole weekend. And you can camp out. You don't have to leave till Sunday. So if you get too drunk after King of the Kill, we're gonna have more movies going. We're gonna have a bonfire going. Everybody's gonna be having a good time. Hopefully, no dipshit will pull out an acoustic guitar, and we'll all have a great night. Right. Well, Chris, this is normally where we let our guests go, but this being our 250th episode, and you are an honorary member of PWE, we've invited you to stay on for the remainder of the show. So before we get into the rest of the show, I do want to get into um, our sponsors, and with it being the 250th, just some shout-outs on people that have meant a lot to us over the past 250. But first, for everything Pro Wrestling Ed, you can find us at pwepod.com. There's a link to our merch store. Go check out our merch. You know, our merch store, to be honest with you guys, is where we use the funds to give back to the independent wrestling scene. This is where we take the money from our merch sales and we sponsor for our friends at different places. So check out our merch store. Um, it, it helps us a lot to help in giving back to the independent wrestling scene. All of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at PWE Pod. So check us all out for there. We have a few upcoming events that's already um, we already have set that we're going to be at. This Saturday, August 12th, RPW King of the Kill Deathmatch Tournament. We just talked about it. Um, there is that link at, um, to get the uh, weekend pass to be able to come to both shows. Um, you can check that out uh, as well. August 25th, Rokowski and myself for sure. Um, the other guys may be there as well, but Clash Wrestling re uh, returns to Allen Park for Quest of Honor. Go to Clash Wrestling on Facebook. Check out all the details for that as well. Um, like I said, 250 episodes. Just want to give a few shout-outs. I'm so merciless. This isn't going to be like the 200th episode. We'll wait for the 300th episode for me to get shit-faced again. But some shout-outs to some important people to us. Of course, the first name I want to give a shout-out to is the original partner for myself, Bernard Hurd. Uh, earlier this year, Brokowski uh, and Jaybird was away for family in Hawaii. Uh, Big Cass was away from the show for a while for things. Bernard came back, stepped in, and, and just picked right back up where he left off. And he will always be a part of this show. Thank you, Bernard, for all you've done. Not only uh, joining us when we needed someone, the friendship you've developed with the three of these guys, but, of course, our friendship that's been going for many, many years. Another person that many people don't see 
or hear about when it comes to Pro Wrestling Edge. Does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for us is Clarence Wilson. Check him out on YouTube, The Clarence Experience. Um, he's got some funny stuff. He's got some cringe stuff. But he does a lot for us, so we want to give him a shout-out. He does so much work for us, and we can't be more thankful for him. Um, this one goes not only for us, but for independent wrestling in a whole, is Darren McCarty and the Darren McCarty brand. He's done a lot for us as friends of ours. He's done more for the independent wrestling scene. So we want to thank him for all he does for everyone. And again, all of the stuff he does for RPW and the promotions around here, but he does so much things to help Chris just bouncing ideas or whatever it is, but he's just a true supporter of wrestling and we can't be more thankful for Demon. Schwartzy and Randy West. We were also day one's Flophouse Wrestling. Not only do we love and cherish the memories and everything we have with Flophouse Wrestling, but the friendships we've developed with Schwartzy and Randy, we can't thank them enough. The honorary sixth member of Pro Wrestling Edge, Chris Kohlenberg, not only for the partnership Pro Wrestling Edge and RPW's had from day one, from day one, but also the friendship that you've brought us in to your family and made us friends. And we value that friendship that we have with you. Jeremy Jones with Clash Wrestling. He, he has opened his doors to Clash Wrestling to us and we're thankful for him. Tony Garricks and Graphics uh, by Garricks. Tony's done a lot of work for us when it comes to graphic design, and we're appreciative for him. We wish him well on, on his journey and recovery. Jake was photography. Um, Ronnie's done a lot for us in the past. We've done a lot for him. Um, obviously, he's no longer a sponsor for us, but we still value that friendship and that relationship that we've grown with him. Uh, Handy Eddie's Eddie Dillon was a sponsor for a while. We appreciate the friendship and the and the partnership we had with him. Nerdy Designs, they did my original logo, so I do want to shout that out. Um, but the current logos for, for Pro Wrestling Edge, we have to give everything we can to Adam Bollett, Oxy Zero Designs. He knocks it out of the park with everything that he does. There's just so much, I, I mean, I just give him an idea. This is what I want. And he knocks it out of the park every time. Check out Oxy Zero Designs. I want to give a shout out to Kyle Barrett. Kyle Barrett, congratulations for becoming the first ever one world champion for Combat One. Um, some new people that will be involved in the family at PWE. Eric Hassan Illustrations, Mess Bucket Comets, returning partnerships with House of Truth Wrestling School, and Nine Planets Comics and Collectibles. We were just at the meet and greet for Brooklyn Brawler. I'll be putting out my interview with Brooklyn Brawler later on in the year. But we just want to thank all those people who have had a part in our lives through the 250 episodes and for episodes to come. Now I want to turn it back over to Brokowski so we can get into the next part of it because he's back with us. Yep, yep. So hopefully I'm back for a while. Sorry about that. Had an update. <laughs> it's been a while since the computer's been on. 
But uh, this past weekend was SummerSlam weekend. Like I said, everybody and their brother was in town. And I know Chris and Big Kaz were at Flophouse this past Friday. So I'm going to just go ahead and give it to Big Kaz because I unfortunately did not go. Yeah, you really missed a party. Everybody that yeah. wasn't there, if you weren't at no fucks given, then uh, sorry about your luck. You know, it sucks to be you, kind of. That's that's how I feel about it. There's a lot of things going on in town that night, a couple other shows. But this place, the old Miami. Chris, that was my first time there. What did you think about the venue just in general when you showed up and seen it? Uh, well, I've been to the Mo old Miami several times. Uh, my band has played in the inside quite a bit. Well, my old band when I was a musician. Um, but the back did not used to look like that. Like they had put a new deck. They really tidied it up. And not only that, like walking into it, um, uh, you, myself and Brokowski, like we were the original commentator team for, for flop house day one. Only the one we ever did, but you know, for for the first show, we we did commentary, and it had the same feel, but like such a bigger scale. Like the fact that it still had the grass and everybody in their own seats, but there was so many people and like so much more fun stuff going on, and it it was definitely like a leveled up thing. It this was like flop house to like a flop house tea, and I was so proud to see uh, Schwartz's vision come together. Like especially from seeing it day one. To where it is now like you know the guys really hustled and that thing was the culmination like i'll tell you what that that show blew me away i had so much fun uh the only problem was is that everyone was so hammered and fucked up by the end of the show because it was so <laughs> flop house as fuck <laughs> it, you know it was the closest flop thing house. to original flop house you know after the show that's what i was telling the guys i'm like i like i i felt that first flop house vibe in my opinion it was probably the best flop house show that I, I've been to, and I've only missed about a handful of them to state. So, like, such a fun show. Schwartzy started off against uh, Sam Beal, and they really got the crowd going, you know, on that one. And it was nice to see those two go against each other, two big personalities. Of course, Schwartzy is the house favorite. It is Flop House. And he came away with the win, man. You could just see the emotion in his eyes after that. Just looking around the crowd, it, it was incredible. What do we have next? Uh, I had a lot of bathroom breaks. I was drinking the PBRs. I think I missed a couple entrances. But I think what was the Battle Royal that was uh, – or not the Battle Royal. They had scramble. a scramble match. Yeah, they had a scramble match. And there was a couple people that I hadn't seen. Uh, I didn't catch the guy's name, but uh, we kept calling him Big Sexy. He was just the, the biggest guy in the, in the ring. He kept doing the, the hit – swivels and stuff like that he really impressed me with his mobility for being how big of a, a guy that was i was not familiar with him going in um he was not someone that was advertised on the card and uh, not anyone i was familiar with uh but yeah i was impressed as well yeah and then you know of course it's always good seeing thunder kitty she's 102 now you know last Something like that. She's getting up there, you know, because we were at the hundred. Remember the hundredth birthday party down at Red's Corner, down in Indianapolis. That was a year or two ago now, at least a couple of years. Yeah, Juniper was in the scrambles match, and then somebody that's kind of grown on us since his debut. You know, Cassius Star. He's on a upward trajectory. You know, the son of Uncle Q. He he much he is he he you know he pulls. Like 
high flying moves that I enjoyed. And then another, the, the guy that won it, the first time seeing him, Dylan Cole, or with Dylan. I'm very impressed with Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole. Yeah. He kind of had that, uh, that, that whiny gimmicks, tried to avoid getting into things, but then slipped his way in there. Yeah, he got the win. He got the win. And in typical Flophouse form, every time you looked up, there was probably 20, 30 more people that showed up to the show. Like, yeah. the whole night. It was just like how it was, you know. Like, Flophouse 1, I got up, turned around, and the whole street stopped, and people were watching from everywhere. Uh, what was the third match? Was the third match the, the, it was the tag title match, I believe. I'm trying to remember. I'm just going to go off memory right now. Because Midwest Scum, they defended against... Hoodfoot and Alice Crowley. Originally supposed yes. to be the match foundation. Uh, not sure what happened to Cass, but cards always not subject sure. to change. Always subject to change. And this was a good replacement until, you know, Alice didn't seem to be too happy to be Hoodfoot's tag partner at all, which kind of confused me. The good Midwest Scum did deliver the yuppie killer to her, so maybe that was, you know, <laughs> maybe that was it. She was probably hurting. They did retain because that was putting up the RP tag title, RPW tag team titles, along with Flophouse tag team titles in that match. What was the thought? Were you nervous about them uh, losing them on another show? I was nervous when I heard uh, it was Death with Foundation, and that's not a, a slight to Alice Crowley. It's just that those guys are a seasoned tag team that work with each other a lot. I don't think that Alice and Hoodfoot have worked together very well or very much. And like you said, there seemed to be uh, an animosity going on uh, within that that maybe didn't gel them as well as they could have been, which it, it took the pressure off a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it ended in, you know, both teams in the ring. It seemed like Hoodfoot wanted to have a show of respect to Midwest Scum, and it seemed like Scum was going to reciprocate it. But then Alice ended up not going after Midwest Scum, but Hoodfoot pushed him and then dodged out of the ring. And then we had the Bruisers come out. And basically, uh, they, they fucked up Midwest Scum. They did. Hoodfoot came to the rescue, though, with a hockey stick. He had to step in for DMAC. DMAC was injured, wasn't able to really fulfill his role like he normally does with Midwest Scum. And Hoodfoot came in. So that was very interesting to see. Uh, and then... Uh, I think that was the first half of the show they did the, the show in halves. I don't know if I'm yeah. missing a, I'm, I'm not sure I'm missing a match. I think that's all the non-death matches. Yeah, because then the death matches, you know, the, the, the sun went down, it got a little bit dark, the crowd got a little bit bigger. Oh, and we did forget one. Kenny fought Gigi Jacobs on, on his birthday. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was a very good match. I, that entertained me. Um, Gigi tried to peg Kenny. It was unsuccessful. <laughs> Well, we love Gigi. We sponsored him at RPW when him and Schwartzy fought, and we're big fans of Kenny as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny and Goose walked out with the win on that one. So happy birthday to Kenny on that one also. And now we can get into the death match. We have some pretty crazy stuff. Some unexpected things happen also. Um, it started with... What circle sets match? Was it? Well, either way, we'll start with the Circle Six match. This is another promoter that came in. 
that's what I, you know, I was talking to Chris beforehand. It was kind of crazy to see. I look up the number of promoters out there working together and gelling. No problems, no drama. You had belts defended from numerous promotions. You had everything, a little bit of everything there. Uh, and I think, if you ahead, want Chris. my honest opinion, that this is not me throwing shade at anyone directly, but I think in the modern wrestling landscape it's very easy to go along with other promoters as long as you're not worried about your own product and i think that's where a lot of things come from is pettiness and having problems with what you put on as opposed to what other people do and what there's going on is a beautiful thing where a lot of a lot of promoters are coming together and it's high tide rise all or like rise all ships you know it's an old it's an old phrase but a lot of people are deciding that there's no reason to do any of that. And the ones that do engage in it, we just don't even pay attention to anymore. You know? I like the way that sounds. Don't even pay attention to it. It won't even be part of the focus. You know, you drown it out. You only focus on you know the good part. Everybody wants to work together. The ones that want to work together, keep continuing to work together and look at the show that they had when they worked together. Like we said, flop house was off of the rails. The death match Randy West, she put up the rust belt. She yes. put up the rust belt at, at Flop House also. And she just never ceases to amaze me. The the never quit attitude she had, no matter what. She was just getting it handed to her. And she could just keep coming back, keep coming back. Retain the rust belt title. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. After the deathmatch tournament, who's going to be able to step up to, to go against Randy? You know? That's been a question we've tossed around quite a bit. Like, who, who can go against Randy? I know we mentioned against Midwest Scum earlier. Who can you bring in to go against Midwest Scum? But you could say the same thing about the Rust Belt champion. I think it's kind of at a point where the Rust Belt title can be kind of nicknamed the toughest broad in the business title. Because, uh, Chris has done a great for a job while. putting the best of the best against her, and she just Chris sets him up, and 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 Randy continues to knock him down. You know, Kevin Giza, he a lot of people may not remember, he he won the body count battle, uh, battle royal death match at the Harpo show that you did with other promotions as well, and and Kevin Giza's been a monster in the death match scene as well, so. She just keeps knocking them down. Chris, you might have a problem with that one too, finding some some top two talent to take that vote. I'm already having that problem. <laughs> it's been a problem. But I, mean, I shouldn't say it's been a problem. She's proudly represented this company and and uh you know, she takes on all forums and all comers and she goes to every other promotion and does it. She just doesn't do it just at, at Ruthless Pro. That's one of the things is like we you, when you have our belt, you can defend it. We have faith in you. Somebody, if you lose it to somebody, then they deserve to be an RPW, is my my opinion. So take it wherever. Do your thing. Another match that uh we had Tommy's Lego Lego match that had Eric Dillinger, Mickey Knuckles, and Danny Demento all in this match. And that was very interesting. We've been wanting to see Tommy and Dillinger in a match. I want a one v one. And I want a 1v1 Tommy and Eric somewhere. 
it was bad. Great. You know, you kind of seen a very a glimpse of it because them two went at it while Mickey and Danny were having so much fun outside of the ring, and uh, Danny was having some fun too. It was his birthday also. Um, yeah, I'm not going to comment on that one. And he was having fun. Let's just leave it at that. He was having fun. We had a, a fan that was having fun. A, a lot of fun. I'm sure you guys seen the, the post from Flop House. Uh, I missed it because I was actually watching Tommy and Bill, I'm sure. But eh, it is what it is. And then uh, yeah. we had so another interesting thing that happened this night. Remington Orr went up against DBA. XICW is representing in, in uh, Flophouse Wrestling. And I was thinking typical, you know, Roar. Very hard hitting, a lot of aggression. I, I haven't noticed a decrease in this game, but uh, DBA beat him. And I got on the mic and kind of told him he's, he's, he's noticed that Roar's not Roar and that he needs to get some fire back. He needs to... Uh, Kind of basically called him a bitch and, and uh, left it at that. It's like, with all due respect, you've lost a step and said you need to get that fire back. So it kind of left Roar in the ring wandering. You know, he didn't say anything after that. And then once we got into the uh, the main event, Uncle Q, first death match, first death match, defending the Flap House title, and Satu Jin and Matt Tremont. You know, the legend Matt Tremont. And I thought that was going to be it. But, you know, Danny said it was his birthday and he wasn't leaving Detroit without a championship. He said he wanted to be the champion and inserted himself into this match. And, man, there was, it was hard to follow the action everywhere that it went. It was going, trying to watch people over here, trying to watch people over there. And it was an elimination style match. I was really surprised Tremont was the first one out in the elimination style match. He went out first. Satu went out next, which left Uncle Q and Danny. Danny kind of slid in and got the win, you know, under uh, he's kind of one of those snakes that kind of stayed outside. And then when he seen his opportunity, he took it, won the match, struck. He, he struck and became the new champion. But that fire came back. Fire did come back. The fire did come back, and uh, Ramshin Orr came out, and Schwartz, came out and said, you guys want to see one more match? He gave Detroit what they wanted. And uh, Ramshin Orr, he kind of made quick work. You've seen something a little bit different from his match earlier with DBA to going out there to become the new Flophouse's fuck world champion. He's going to take that new fire that he's got back right into King of the Kill and Man, that's going to make that Tommy Roar match that much more interesting. We did forget one match. We don't need to talk about it a lot, but I do want to shout out um, another RPW roster member who, who works a lot in RPW. MM3 Mocking World third had a match with Paul London. Came out on top. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot that one. I realized I forgot it when I mentioned DBA. I was like, I completely missed three. What What made me think of it is we were talking about Randy and who could be you know, possible challengers, and I've always wanted to see MM3 uh, and Randy in an RPW ring against each other. That's what made me spark MM3s to my mind. So, uh, yeah, shout out to MM3. All in all, Flophouse is great. 
I had a great time. There was all kinds of people that had never even seen wrestling around me. And then sometimes watching their reactions to stuff is, is a lot of fun also. But jeez, man, flop house. I just want to give them a little clap there. They did a really good job. And it's on IWTV. This episode will be out. It'll be IWTV. So go check it out and see what we're talking about. I don't know if it'll be unedited if you're looking for that one part. I believe it is. And we wanted to talk about Flophouse because of the integration of a lot of RPW and Flophouse and this new or rebirth, refound of Remington Roar leading right into this tournament could absolutely put him as, as, as a favorite at King of the Kills. So we wanted to make sure that we included some Flophouse talk because of how much um, this new or renewed attitude of Remington Roar is going to impact Saturday. That's all I have on Flophouse. How'd you guys enjoy SummerSlam, the three of you that were there? <clears throat> I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I did tell Brandon earlier uh, Friday when we were at uh, Summer Suplex with Brooklyn Brawler there, I was like, dude, because he was telling me, you know, you should come, you should come. And I was like, dude, I know. I was like, I feel like I'm cheating on like all my favorite promotions and guys by going to SummerSlam instead of going out to a flop house and IC Dub XI and all that. But SummerSlam was a blast, man. I've never seen that many people conjugate to one event for wrestling before in my life. Like I've been to Hell in a Cell, you know, Blood and Guts, uh, some live shows, um, Dynamite and Rampages, but I, it's like 60,000 people. And everywhere we walked, me and Jaybird were down there all weekend or all day Saturday. And everyone just had a wrestling T-shirt on, like not necessarily – WWE, but everywhere you went, everywhere and everyone had a fucking t-shirt on. Everybody was doing the LA night. Yeah. You know, like it, it was fucking awesome. It, it just, was really cool. It just tells you how much wrestling is embedded in, in Detroit and the Michigan scene. You know, of just the love for uh, you know for wrestling, whether it is the feds and the major promotions or the indie indie promotions that we like to promote on pro wrestling edge but it just shows the love in this area for 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 wrestling in a whole yeah and just yeah. as many shirts there were there was just as many belts too everyone had their belts out man that was that was really cool to see most i've ever seen and then we had our high yeah, roller our... chris got in a suite for the show i did uh myself and bobo and a couple friends of ours uh scored a suite um as a favor from a friend of ours. Um, our experience probably was different uh, because it was, the suites are further up. So, you know, it was a ways away from the ring, but it was it was very fun to enjoy. Uh, there was catering and drinks and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was a very cool experience. Uh, and that was also the largest crowd I've ever been in for a wrestling show. Like I've never been to a WrestleMania and it was impressive to say the least, to see that many people in one space, you know? Yeah, leaving. The mob leaving afterwards. Uh, all the streets just filled with seas and seas of people and just slowly getting smaller and smaller and smaller the further you go out. It was fucking insane. 
But did you guys get score any free merch while you guys were up there? Programs, anything while you're in the streets? Uh, no, I mean, we were a little late to the show. Um, we came from XICW, ICW. Um, we did not know we were going until the opportunity got presented before us. Uh, the only thing I really got was our sweets wristband. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Because I know sometimes that, like, uh, the football games, you get the free merch up there, too, at times with the catering and all that and them sweets. So I always wondered how WWE did it. There probably was, and someone probably rated it before y'all showed up. Yeah, I mean, it could it could have gotten because uh, I think we were like almost an hour into the show by the time we got there. Yeah, dude. Did, so uh, yeah, you missed the. Uh, I didn't. Me and Josh uh, broke out. We were talking. We were like, uh, "Do you think we could get a fuck Ohio chant going?" But sure enough, man, we didn't even have to start it. It the second fucking uh, Jake Paul came out or Logan Paul came out, man, I hear that many people boo and fuck Ohio and oh dude it was amazing <laughs> yeah I texted Dan at that moment too I'm like hey man because I knew they were watching it from home I'm like hey dude do you hear the fuck Ohio chant he goes no he goes, I was like well there's one going on right now <laughs> as a, yeah. a person who lives in Ohio even though I don't like it I, I, I can't get behind the sentiment <laughs> there, there are good That's things. Like, what I do? There are, are great things from Ohio. There are some great things in, o in Ohio, and Chris Kohlenberg is one of them. You know, that's almost like one of them, uh, like permanent chants. You know, it's just like it don't uh -huh. matter what it is. If you're from Ohio and you're here, it's just like ah, fuck you. Kind of like the <laughs> one more time chant, you know. Listen, don't don't get me wrong. I have no like Ohio pride, but like when you're just in a sea of people and that's where you live, you're just like fuck these guys. You know? <laughs> so what match yeah. did you guys arrive in? Did you get to see the uh, Brock and Cody match, or is that the one yes. where you guys showed up? Uh, it was just starting uh, mm. when we got there. Nice, I definitely man. thought that that was definitely a badass match. I thought the ending was definitely a, a great ending to that so three uh, three match saga between those two. Yeah, uh, I, my my only complaint about SummerSlam is I lost a bet on that one. I thought <laughs> I was Mister Cocky in the know, and I was like, "Well, with the Screen Actors Guild uh, strike, what could The Rock be doing right now? Of course, he's going to show up and get in the middle of this USO thing." No, but like. The, the the mindset's there, right? Like, uh, he can't do anything else right now. He can't act. Fuck's he Dude, doing? I was telling people that all day. Telling Tramana. Tramana. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> They're talking about doing expansion teams in the XFL now. So I think he's just entrenched in the XFL. He's he's just entrenched in money right now. He doesn't have Good to do luck. anything. <laughs> but Brokowski, like, let's summarize this weekend. Coming up this weekend. Coming up, yeah, the the unsanctioned and RPW. So I was super. I was really excited for SummerSlam, but I honestly am way more excited for this weekend than I was last weekend. Cause my baby's coming home. RP, I, I hate to do RPW is coming home, man. I know it's just gonna be off the fucking chain. They never ever fail, and I'm not just saying it because Chris is here now. And you're our boy, Chris, and I love you. 
I, honestly, it's just that fucking good. And I've never seen Unsanctioned Pro live, so that's something totally different. I'd like to see how that feel is, too. And it's camping and drinking. I mean, you got wrestling, beer, and vendors. Like, come on now. Fucking pump. Two torn ligaments in my knee kept me from Flophouse. I'm wrapping this son of a bitch up as tight as I can, and I'm going to hobble, crawl, whatever I got to do to be at King of the Kill. So that's how excited I am for this deathmatch tournament. I, I mean, I had a wheelchair I was going to use for the tournament, but you can have it if you <laughs> Dude, that's a good idea. I'm going to go steal my grandma's wheelchair. <laughs> she don't need it. She don't need it. Oh, let me clarify that. She don't need it. It's just chilling in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the most fucked up thing I've ever Yeah, super excited. I'm going to go steal my grandma's wheelchair. <laughs> Chris, it's always an honor and a pleasure. You are one of us. Day one, we're happy to have you whenever we can on the podcast. We're happy whenever you're able to bring RPW home. We love that you are able to put on shows in Chicago and Jersey and travel this thing around because that's what's going to make RPW that much greater. But when you get to come home, it's definitely special to the four of us. So we thank you for bringing the first ever annual RPW Deathmatch Tournament home for your boys I at will, PWE and everybody else that's big fans in this area. I will say this. You guys talk about, you know, like I've been a day one supporter from you. You guys have actually been to our original show. Not a lot of people can say that. Uh, so you guys have supported us since day one as well. So, you know, I mean, it, the, the love goes two ways. Uh, you guys have always been family to us. You're always part of the crew. You know, you're always welcome. So much love to Pro Wrestling Edge. You guys have always had our back. And uh, hopefully we've shown you the same respect. We are definitely, when I say day one, that's what I mean. Come say hi to us. We'll probably be drinking, uh, but we will be there doing our thing. But, um, we're just so happy and thrilled for the success of RPW to this point and that we finally get the inaugural RPW Deathmatch Tournament, King of the Kill. Thank you, man. We appreciate you so much. No problem, guys. I'll talk to you guys later. Go ahead and end it, Brokowski. Oh, I thought that was a good way to end it there. Peace. We out. We'll see you this weekend. <laughs>